Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this episode of Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. This is your opportunity to ask your questions and we're very aware that big parts of Sydney in particular are shut down and um, in lockdown. So if you're a, a mum at home and you're struggling with your baby, please feel free to call on Chris's expertise for this um, particular episode. You can, if you're joining us live via Facebook, you can pop your questions below. And if you're listening to us by the uh, podcast you can email helpline at theparentbrand.com.au we are considered essential work so we will be here throughout lockdown uh, and of course for those of you in other parts of the country if you are still out and about you doesn't mean that your kids will sleep better so make sure that you call on us as well but we hope that you're all doing well hello Chris welcome hello how are you I am good. I am well. I am coping, although my children may not be <laughs> locked down. And how are you in your life? I'm well. I'm happy in lockdown. So I just shift everything to FaceTime and still help out where I can with mums and bubs. Yeah, exactly. Because I can imagine um, sometimes that getting out and seeing people is the only kind of break you get when you've yeah. got small children, especially babies. So, um, reach out and we'll help where we can. Absolutely. Uh, let's start with this uh, question from Sarah. Yep. She says, long-time listener and lover of the podcast. So thank you for all the great work you do. Thank you, Sarah, for saying that. I have a question around night, we- night weaning. At what age or within what parameters can I night wean my baby? I have an eight-month-old and suspect that he no longer requires feeds at night and is more waking out of habit. We recently stopped feeding before 2 a.m., resettling instead with some success. But I'm wondering if giving the feed at 2 is causing confusion. If he goes to bed around 7, 7.30, what time should I be stretching him to? I'm going to back, back to work in a few weeks, so would like to sort out these nights before then. He's also very dummy dependent at night, which may also be a problem. I was planning to tackle the feeding first, then the dummy, or is there a better way? So confused. Thanks for any insight you can provide. Note, his day routine is generally as you recommend, and he has a good intake of solids. His last feed before bed is also normally a good one, so I am confident these wakings are not from hunger, though some are probably from overtiredness on busy days. Okay, Sarah, I think you've got the right idea in that you're making sure he's fed well in the day. So a baby of eight months should be on four milk feeds, three meals and two sleeps in the day. You do have to be careful of him being overtired. And I think as babies get older, we actually think they're more flexible, but they're actually more rigid in their sleep and they need their sleep. So if he's overtired, he probably is not feeding as well as you think at the end of the day. And we need to make sure the space between his dinner and that last breastfeed of the day is also in the right window. So dinner around the five o'clock mark and a breastfeed around 6.37 and about three and a half hours of sleep in the day, then I think you're in the right space by eight months to think, could we encourage him to sleep through the night? Now, I know everybody has an opinion on this, let the baby do it itself, 
or they rush them too early. But I certainly think that between seven and nine months where they're really established on food and good milk feeds, that it is a time where we can try and get them to extend their sleep and look at them going through the night. So I think you're in the right mindset. So four, four good milk feeds, um, three good meals and about three and a half hours sleep over the whole day will put him in the best position to be able to do it. Then I think you're still doing the right thing by putting a time frame on it, so till 2 o'clock in the morning. But once you get him sleeping consistently till 2 in the morning where you don't have to get up, then I think you can push a little bit more and maybe go to 4 and then through the, more, through the night till about 6 in, in the morning. So I think you've got the right idea by making sure the food is right first, by conquering the sleep itself, and then getting rid of the dummy if needed. So if needed means if you're getting up quite frequently to put a dummy in, you need to reassess whether he still is hungry um, or is it a dummy issue. And if he's waking within an hour of you putting the dummy in, then it's probably a feeding issue, not a dummy issue. So I think if you play around with that for a little bit and then do some settling, I think you could start getting him through the night before you have to go back to work. That was uh, Sarah's email, so thank you for that. This one comes from Alice. She says, from our helpline group, actually, she says, my 21-week-old daughter, who until recently had been a decent sleeper, has stopped linking sleeps during the day and has become really difficult to put to sleep. Previously, we could put her into the sleeping bag, white noise on, dummy in, and leave the room, and that would be it. Now she's crying when we leave the room and works herself into a state where we have to pat or shush her to sleep. Previously, she was sleeping for around one and a half hours for her first nap, a shorter 35 to 45 minute second nap, then around one and a half hours for her third nap. And depending on what time that finished, she would either have a really short cat nap or end up going to bed between 6 and 7 p.m. Her awake time was around one hour, 45 minutes. She is exclusively breastfed and is taking around six feeds in a 24-hour period, waking only once for a night feed around 2 a.m. and getting up between 6 and 6.30. We have started solids last week, about two teaspoons for one feed only, and I'm not sure if this has anything to do with it. Any suggestions on how to get her back to sleeping during the day and being easier to put to sleep? Thanks. Okay. So this um, sounds good. Sounds like all the right things are in all the right spaces. 21 weeks is a hard one because we usually go by their months of their date of their birth. So once you get to about three months of age, then we start calculating, like if you're born on the 6th of May, on the 6th of June, you're four months, and on the 7th of June, you're five months. When it says 21 weeks, we could have a baby who's four and a half months um, which means that staying awake for an hour and three quarters is probably making her a bit overtired. But if she is 21 weeks and over the five-month window, then you're hitting all the right markers in all the right places. So just have a check as to how old she's sitting at because sometimes we rush them through steps because people think 20-week-old babies are five months old. But as you and I know, some months have more weeks than other months in it. So that calculation is important because she could be a bit overtired if we've got the calculation wrong and that's what the problem is with linking the sleep. 
So link in the sleeps is usually an issue with babies around the four-month mark that have become more alert and more awake. And this is a point where a parent might decide to have more routine rhythm in the day and they need to assist their babies in going back to sleep once they've woken up. Now, what wakes them is usually just developmentally they're more alert, more aware, and they're doing more. And so what we're doing is just helping them go back to sleep again. Because if they've only had 45 minutes and they stayed awake for an hour and three quarters, then they're going to be overtired by the time you put them back down again. So I usually work on the first sleep of the morning and the one after lunchtime to link the cycles together. And I give myself about half an hour to try and do that. And just with a gentle method, especially she uses a dummy. So when she wakes, I'd wait till she's crying as opposed to talking or calling out. And then leave that just for a few minutes, then go in and put her dummy in and pat her back to sleep. So you need the room dim enough that you can just come in and give her some comfort and walk out without her completely seeing you and thinking of a second best friend's walk through the door. So you have to repeat this over a period of time to get her to link the cycles together. So choose your sleeps and link your cycles, but just check her age that she's not quite five months old yet we're doing that and she's more overtired and that's actually the problem okay this one comes from Eva on facebook she says i have a 10 month old and a two and a half year old how many hours sleep during the daytime should each child be having my 10 month old is also breastfed and she still wakes up twice a night is that normal okay so a 10 month old is usually having two sleeps in the day and their awake windows are about three hours. So three hours, and then a one-hour sleep, then another three to three and a half hours, a two-hour sleep, and then awake for another three to three and a half hours. So overall, they're having about three to three and a half hours of sleep in the whole day, Um, and they have three breastfeeds and three meals and maybe a little snack in there. By 10 months, they don't need two feeds overnight, If anything, they're on no feeds overnight. So I just slowly wean her off two to one. And then when you get comfortable at one, then wean that down to none. Otherwise, you might find that those breastfeeds at night are lingering out of habit. When she wakes, she doesn't know how to go back to sleep or he doesn't know how to go back to sleep. So I think you're in the right space. And then we're just going to slowly wean those back. So first time she wakes, resettle her, then feed her the next time and just slowly push it out. A two and a half year old's a little tricky. So any point after two and a half or around two and a half and beyond, they usually drop their day sleep. So everybody has an opinion and most parents of a toddler would wish they'd drop it at four instead of two and a half or three. So usually between two and a half and three, it goes. And how we know to drop it is where it's interfering with their general sleep. So you could have a child that sleeps Uh, for an hour and a half in the middle of the day, but then takes another hour and a half at night to go to sleep and they're mucking around or they wake earlier. So they might go to sleep really well, say at 12.30 and then 7.30, but they're waking at five in the morning. And all these little shifts tells us that it's time to think about that sleep decreasing or getting rid of it, depends whereabouts they're at. But a two and a half year old generally goes to sleep at 12.30 gets up at 2 and goes to bed at 7.30. So there's five and a half hours from wake up to where they go to sleep. 
So if you let them sleep till three, they're not going to be tired till 8.30 at night. So most parents are looking for a time frame. So 12.30 to 2, then it can move 1 to 2 and still go down at 7.30. And then it'll just decrease to a little nap, maybe in the car or just on the couch for 20 minutes, and then it'll disappear. So usually between two and a half and three, it will disappear. Now, I've known children to give it up completely by two and a half. And then I know children who have kept it till three and a half. So I think you really got to look at your child and every parent tells me they need to sleep in the day because they're tired and then they complain about them being up for an hour and a half at night. So it's a really hard emotional step for parents more than anything. So read your child and I'm sure you'll get the right window for her. Our next question comes from Sarah on email. She said, when my daughter was about six months old, I sought Chris's help to get her to stop napping in my arms and start napping in the cot. I had to be very persistent, but it worked. And ever since, she has calmly put herself to sleep with her dummy after being left to settle in the cot. But now, at 18 months old, the wheels have come off again. For the past two weeks, she's been protesting nearly every nap, yelling, no, no, when a nap is suggested, crying when she's put in her sleeping bag and then sobbing when I leave the room. She is then almost impossible to get to sleep. I've tried leaving the room and returning at intervals or staying in the room, but then she just starts playing. All that works at nap time is patting her to sleep, a habit I definitely don't want to be getting into. At night, if she's overtired, she sometimes also doesn't want me to leave the room, but is content if I just sit near her cot. Although, again, that's not a habit I want to get into. (laughs) She's teething with molars, although that doesn't seem to be in pain, and has recently taken her first few steps. But I'm not sure that has anything to do with it. Before all this started, she would usually go down somewhere between 11.30 and 12.30 and nap for two to three hours after waking waking around 6 a.m. and then be in bed by 6.30 for the night. How do I get through this phase without creating a whole bunch of new sleep props where she hasn't had them before. Okay. So this one I think is just about timing. I think she's mature, the baby's mature, but we haven't moved her on with it. So what's reasonable for a 6 o'clock wake up in an 18-month-old baby is that she's up at 6, but she doesn't go to bed till 12.30. So I think with consistency, your sleep will come back. And they only sleep till 2. So if she goes down at 12.30, she sleeps till two and then she goes down at seven, okay? So using that, now we're going to work within that to be consistent. So that should then give her the ability to learn to resettle or self-settle again because she was doing it. And I think it's just sort of got a little bit out of place. The patting, though, patting them to sleep, just check if she does daycare, check how they're putting her to sleep because they might be in there patting her and that's you know, following to you and the sleep issues you're having. So just ask them to not pat so that you can both be consistent in what you're doing. And I think adjusting her time frame. So 12.30 to 2 should be absolutely fine. Oh, someone's wanting your attention, Chris. Just ignore it. (laughs) We'll ignore that call. See, babyology people, you are more important than these calls. Absolutely. 
So there is a question from Eliza on our Facebook Live. She says, my almost four-year-old will not listen to anything we ask him to do or not do. We try to give him choices and give him some control, but he only does what he wants and only listens when he wants, including potty training. What can I do to get him to comply at least sometimes? Good luck. (laughs) Four-year-olds are very mighty. They're mighty four-year-olds and they think they've got a place in the world and they're just trying to work out where they fit in the world, really, don't they? So I think this is a give-and-take thing and I usually break it down into you've got to let him win sometimes so that when you as a parent feel you need to put those boundaries and borders in place that he'll take notice of them. So that's one thing. And then the second thing I ask the parent when they describe this type of behaviour is does he exhibit it outdoors? So, you know, is he like that at daycare or at preschool or do you see that behaviour in the park? And if you don't, then I think he's just trying to find his place in the world at home and the safety of his parents. So then I break down his behaviours into um, social behaviours that you want him to do and family values. So they're the ones that I come down and say, no, this is how it's going to be. And all the rest, I let him have a little bit of choice. So if he wants to wear his gumboots to preschool for five days in a row, I just let him wear the gumboots to preschool five days in a row. I'd also give him more time and more warnings but he is a four-year-old. So if it's important to you, you could put a gentle consequence in for not listening and see if he starts to come in and play the game with you and realise what's going to happen. So pre-warning is really important with this group. So we're going to the park. I need you to pack up your toys. So that's one warning. I'm coming to help you pack up the toys. I need you to bring the toys to me to pack them up. That's two warnings. And then if he just flatly refused, then I'd probably say something like, well, today we won't go to the park. And that's just a very gentle consequence to, oh, you didn't listen, so we're not going to do that. And I know everybody has an opinion on what we should do with four-year-olds, but I think we have to make it easy for parents because their little personalities coming out and you're not sure what, what to work with. So have a look and reflect back on what's important to you as a family And they're the things that you're going to be a little bit firmer with. And then the other things when he doesn't listen, just leave the consequence. If you've run the bath and you said, well, it's time for a bath, and he says no, I just say, well, okay, we're not having a bath tonight. So there's some things that you've got to let go of. And when he says an hour later, this is a typical one for dinner. So they go, no, I'm not eating dinner. And then an hour later they say, I'm really hungry. Oh, yeah, well, we had dinner. And I'm quite, I am quite happy with, well, we've had dinner. You can have a drink of water. So sometimes you've got to pull in a little bit and sometimes you've got to let it go a little bit. And I think this one is welcome to the world of four-year-olds and, and being consistent matters, okay? Yes. So pick, pick what you think is important that you want to follow through and he needs to listen to and follow through on it. And other things, just do this very gentle, oh, well, you didn't hear me, so... We're not doing that. And I think that's just a very general way of looking at four-year-olds. Yeah, they can be hard work. And they can be delightful. They can be. Well, yes, there's the other side of the coin. Yeah, that's right. That's the flip side. (laughs) Very, very good. Um, Good luck. 
Yeah. One comes from Tushka. She says, hi, ladies. My son is two years and 10 months old, and I'm worried about his behavior to other children. Whenever we're in a group setting with other kids, he always seems to be the child having trouble with another kid. He sometimes hits or snatches their toys, tries to push them out of the way on playground equipment. It's so constant that I'm always that mum hovering over him like a helicopter parent, ready to swoop in and save another child from his aggressive behaviour. I explain to him that this behaviour is not acceptable and often remove him from the situation to talk it through, but it's really not sinking in. We're considering enrolling him a couple of days at daycare in the hopes that a more guided group setting will help his behaviour, but I'm really worried he'll behave this way at daycare and get into trouble. What can I do to help teach him right from wrong? Oh, I think this is definitely a two-year-old behaviour, so don't feel bad. I think when you look around and look at lots of parents with two-year-olds, they're very subtly doing exactly what you're doing, and he's got a a bit like that four-year-old who has a bit of power, the two-year-old's trying to work out where they fit in life. So I, I wouldn't actually worry about your hovering, but what I would do about the hovering is I'd just very gently lead him into the behaviours. So say we're going to the park and we get to the park, then I would just get down at eye level and, and give him a bit of an idea about what you expect at the park. But he is only two, and two-year-olds are still little and young and they might have language, but they've got, they haven't got that big concept of how things work. So you've got to be very patient with a two-year-old. Uh, you can be much more direct with a four-year-old, but you've got to be patient with a two-year-old. So I'd be doing things like, let's go and have a swing. And then I would hold his hand and walk up to the swing and say, now we're waiting for our turn. So I'm leading him into the behaviours um, to help him along the way. So say he does snatch the the truck away from another talk another um another little child then I would just go up and gently take the truck and hand it back to the other child now we know he's going to have a tantrum when you do that but it's important that he knows the right behavior so taking it back he's going to have a tantrum just remove him till he's finished the tantrum then lead him back into the play again and that's hard that's time and that's patience so weirdly, I would agree with you in that sometimes doing something like a play group where it's directed a little bit by a child or a little bit of daycare might just help him regulate those behaviours because he would follow the crowd and listen to other person people. But remember, he is only two, you know. I know he'll be three very soon, but he is only two. And, and try with a play group where he goes off and plays or maybe a day of daycare. It could help him learn by his peers and that's important at this age as well. Our next question comes from Carmina. She says, hi, I'm hoping you can help. Since I returned to work two months ago, my two-year-old has started going to daycare for three days a week. She's settled in well and seems to love it. Her daycare teachers say she's having a great time with no dramas. After a couple of wonky days to start with, she's even having a one to one and a half hour nap with the other children. But the dramas begin as soon as we get home. Mm. On the evenings of her daycare days, it's like she's so hyped up, she just can't chill out. Her bedtimes have gone haywire. Her usual bedtime is 7 p.m., but she can cry, shout, and bounce around in her bed until 9 p.m. some nights. She hates to sit still to eat dinner, refuses to sit safely in the bathtub, and bounces and slides around making a mess. And she'll often have tantrums over getting dressed, eating dinner, and stuff that she was always fine with. 
We're at a loss as to what to do. Is this an overtired thing? No, I don't think it's an overtired thing. I think it's a long day of daycare. And I don't know how long her day is because they haven't told us. But if you think about it, if we put ourselves in her position, now we we know she's a two-year-old. We don't know if she's closer to three than closer to two. So she may, that amount of sleep in the day might be too much for her. Mm. Again, using the five and a half hour rule. So if she wakes up at two, she's, she wouldn't be going to bed till 7.30. So maybe we can correct the, the timing for her. If she's over two and a half, it's probably too much sleep. So decrease that sleep down to an hour and add the five and a half hours. But generally a two-year-old goes to bed at 7.30. So you might be rushing her too much from a day of daycare. So you're home, you want to give a dinner, you want to, you know, have a little bit of time in the bath, into bed, and that's too fast for her. Because remember, she hasn't seen you all day. So she needs some downtime. She needs some chill time. And here you are. She's had a whole day where somebody said, okay, let's go and play. Let's wash our hands. Let's sit down. And then mum and dad pick her up and they say, okay, now you've got to sit down again. And she's like, I'm over people telling me what to do. So picking her up and actually chilling out for a little bit might be the answer. You're just rushing her through the steps. Give yourself more time. Keep her up till 7.30. But consider the sleep in the day and whether she's having too much if she's over two and a half. And that might help settle this behaviour down. But I find kids who go to daycare, and especially if they're doing three days in a row, then when they come home, they're sort of rushed through everything and their behaviour implodes. So slow it down and I think you'll see a different pattern in her. We have an extra question from Evit. She says, my 10-month-old daughter refuses to sleep in the cot and wants to sleep in my bed. How do I get her to sleep in her cot? Oh, you just got to keep putting her back in. So obviously you've had a challenging time with this and she's ended up in your bed because she can't get there herself. So I think in this case, it's just a matter of making sure the timing's right. So you're three hours, three and a half, three to three and a half, and then some gentle settling. So popping her in the cot, whatever it is that you do for her, like read a story, put her in a sleep bag, put her in, but only leave for a few minutes, then go in, lay her down, give her a little pat till she's calm, then leave, and then increase the time for her to help to learn to self-settle. If she's been slept in your bed, you've probably snuggled her in and patted her. So use those cues in her cot to help her make that transition back to the cot. We have a question from Paula on Facebook Live. She says, I have a 13-month-old who sleeps through the night but wakes very early, anywhere between 4.45 and 5.30 a.m. He only has one nap a day since he started refusing his morning nap. He's very tired by 7 p.m., so goes to sleep really easily. He's not too hot or cold. Anything I can do to make him sleep longer in the morning? He's overtired. So it's a 10-month-old can't cope on one sleep, but it has to be two sleeps, and especially if he's waking that early. So we can see with the overtired babies, they wake earlier and earlier. 4.30 is usually the earliest they will do. But this little fellow needs his three sleeps in, uh, two sleeps in the day, sorry. So starting one morning from uh, the four third, five o'clock window, you're using that same gap that we've generally been talking about today, which is good, which is that three to three and a half hours and he needs a sleep. 
So whether you get that first sleep in the car initially and then put him down for his second sleep, but this little fellow is overtired. So I think you're going to have to go back and do a bit of work at establishing the two sleeps in the day and that's going to help him sleep longer at night and then he'll wake up, but he requires the two sleeps till closer to 14 months. So he's actually 13 months, not 10 oh, months. Oh, sorry. I thought he was 10 months. No. So does it, I mean, if if he's to go to one sleep at oh, 13 months in sorry. about a month, that's okay. But I guess, uh, does that Yeah, mean- so he's still overtired. That's what the early wake up. So with a 13-month-old, I'd probably do a 20 to 40-minute sleep in the same time frames, but a 20 to 40-minute sleep and then his lunchtime sleep. So one sleep only works if they're sleeping for 11 and a half to 12 hours at night and then they go to one sleep. But if they're waking earlier because they're overtired, they need the two sleeps. But get the first sleep maybe in the car or the pram for 20 to 40 minutes, then wait three and a half hours and then put him down for his afternoon one and then he'll have more sleep in the day and that should help um, push him through the night. But you will have to do some resettling because no doubt when he wakes up at this time, you get him up or you try and resettle him. So you've got to keep resettling, but it's the two sleeps in the day that will have him more rested that he'll sleep longer at night. Given that um, Paula has to sort of manage this at this age, at 13 months, um, when should she look at going to one sleep? When he's sleeping through the night till six in the morning, then you can start merging the two together. So once you get them sleeping for 11 to 12 hours, then he'll merge through to having one sleep from 11.30 to 1.32 and go down at seven. So you've got to manage it so that he's not getting overtired as you move them through to one sleep. So usually what I do is decrease the morning sleep and leave the afternoon sleep in place and then I drag the afternoon sleep forward till 11.30 at, at, say, 14 months, and they sleep till, let's say, 1.32. Then they have an afternoon tea. You bring their dinner forward a little and you put them to bed a little earlier because they're adjusting to this one sleep in the day, and that should keep their nights consistent, and then it moves out as they get older. So I think in this case you go back, you can give him that little sleep. It can be in the car or the pram because it is going to disappear soon but it's going to be the difference going to push the next sleep out, which means he's well rested when he goes down, which helps him to sleep longer at night. Um, Paula just added a little note. She said, I tried to keep his two naps, but if he has a morning nap, then he won't sleep after lunch. Yeah, but it's still the same problem because when he gets up at 4.30, he can't go to lunchtime without being overtired. So if he gets up, let's say it's five on average, then at about nine o'clock, I'd be giving him half an hour sleep incidentally so that then she can put him down at one and have his one sleep of the day, but it's a bit further late down in the day. So if she's putting him down, say, at 12 at the moment or 11.30, 12, he's been up since five, he's overtired by the time he gets there. So it can keeps him in the overtired pattern. So try it, Paula, more incidentally. Like if you put him in the car and it's all nice and warm and you turn the radio off and just drive for 20 minutes, they usually will doze off enough to get them through to that later time frame to put it down for one sleep. Mm. 
Well, that is uh, all we have time for, Chris. Paul, no problem. Question and, uh, question and everyone else for joining us. And um, if you didn't get a chance to ask Chris your question, she is one of our experts on the parent school, on Babyology's parent school. You can book a one-on-one session with her. And as she mentioned, she is... Uh, doing all her consults online anyway that doesn't yeah. mean that uh just because it's not in person that you can't get help so please make Absolutely. sure you reach out um and of course we will be back next week with another expert answering your questions chris thanks for your time see you all next week pleasure take care bye feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt i'd love to hear from you so if you'd like to get in touch Email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.